Want to experience Christ United like never before? Download our app today. You can watch live and previous messages, take sermon notes, get calendar updates, find giving options, and more. Just go to your app store and search Christ United. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on our church, check out ChristIsLove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at ChristUnitedMB. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Right now, I want you to stand up. If God's been good to you, I want you to give him what he deserves for what he's done for you. Will you give him what he deserves right now? Yeah. Mercy. Hey, that was good. You may be seated. I want to tell you that... We're going to launch into a series that is radical. I mean, you are going to love this series. Um, the series is called Born Identity, B-O-R-N, Identity. Um, and as, as we're thinking about this Born Identity, how many people have ever seen the movie Born Identity? Anybody ever seen that? All right. Who's read the novel Born Identity? All right. So we've got some literate people in here as well. Um, it, it actually was, uh, was based on a, a novel uh, by Robert Ludlum called Born Identity. And, and here's what it's about. It begins with a guy who's just floating in the Mediterranean Sea with two bullet holes in his back. And he's rescued out of the Mediterranean by some Italian fishermen. Um, and as they're restoring him to where he comes back to consciousness, he begins to realize that he knows several languages. He has some like fighting skills he didn't know he had. And, and, and he's, but he has no clue who he is. Um, He has dissociative amnesia, so he has no clue who he is. He has no idea about what his purpose is. He has no idea why he's even alive. He does not know where he belongs. Um, He does not know what he's capable of, and he has no idea the profound significance of his life. He does not know who to trust, And he is, from the very beginning, attacked by people, and he really doesn't know who his enemies are, why they're after him, or what he's supposed to do to fight against them. So that kind of sets the stage for this movie. And then what follows is, or what follows in Ludlum's book, um, is this revealing of who he is. He starts to slowly discover who he really is, what he's really capable of, what his real missions are and should be. And he discovers the relationships that are going to be important, who he can trust. And he discovers who the enemy is, why they're after him, and what to do to defeat him. And it becomes this pretty big adventure. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty exciting Thing. Now, I would not recommend seeing the movie or reading the book because it's just filled with so much profanity, especially using God's name in vain. I just can't tolerate that. Um, and so I don't encourage you to watch the movie. I don't encourage you to read the book. But don't be disappointed because I, we will be sharing with you um, in the coming weeks and starting today a, a, a real, not a fiction, that was a fictional story about a guy named Jason Bourne. Um, this is a real story that also begins in the Mediterranean. Along the Mediterranean Sea, the Asian sea arm of the Mediterranean, there was a port city named Ephesus. It's right where modern Turkey is. And in that city, Ephesus, there were a group of people who were 
altogether like Jason Bourne in that they had no real understanding of who they were, of why they were alive, of what they were capable of, of, of who it was that they were supposed to be trusting and who the enemy was and how to defeat the enemy. They were kind of in that Jason Bourne place. But this is, because it's a true story, we're going to begin looking at it during this time through a couple of books. One of those in Scripture is a book of history. It's called the book of Acts. It was written by a reputable uh, historian and physician named Luke. And Luke, in chapters 18 and 19 of the Acts of the Apostles, records by God's inspiration exactly perfectly what historically happened. And you're going to learn about this city, Ephesus, through that and the people in it. But you're also going to be reading a book. And that book is called the, the book of Ephesians. It's actually a letter written to the people in Ephesus by an apostle named Paul who God literally sent to answer all the questions that we've just been describing. There are questions about who am I, why am I here, what's my purpose, what am I really capable of, how significant is my life really, who can I trust, why is this world around me so different than I am. All those questions are answered in this book, and it's profound and powerful, and, and guys, it's ten times more exciting than the born identity, because it is based on something far more powerful and far more revealing. And, and let me tell you what we're told in the beginning of the book of Ephesians. That God, this creator of the universe, is going to reveal to them the answer to those questions for their lives. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will. I want to tell you that what you're going to find in this letter to the Ephesians is not just going to speak to the Ephesians, but it's going to speak to you. The reason God chose to preserve this letter written to the Ephesians by his inspiration is that these people are a whole lot like you and a whole lot like me. And God revealed to them and also to us the answer to those questions. So if you've ever wondered who you really are, why you're really alive, what your purpose really is, what you're truly capable of, the true significance of your life, if you've ever wondered about those things, you're going to find the answer to those things as we go through this series, which is pretty exciting. Now, I remember as a kid, that whole idea of who am I, I thought that's the most ridiculous question I've ever heard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really did. It was almost annoying to hear somebody say, who am I? I'm like, well, check your license, dummy. You know, you know, know who you are. But in reality, at that time in my life, I was very much lost about who I really was. You know what? The truth is, is when it comes to who we are, most of us are more concerned about who somebody else wants us to be, and we spend all of our time trying to figure out who we need to be to get the people we want to like us to like us. There was a guy riding on an airplane one time, and he's sitting beside this really attractive lady. He's single, she's single, and so he asked her the question. He says, what kind of men are you attracted to? And she said, well, you know, first of all, she said, I'm really attracted to Jewish men. They just have this, you know, this kind of like rock-solid heritage in their faith, and, and they're, they're people that, that, you know, they know how to be good managers of their finances and their families, and they take care of things. I just, I just have a great admiration for Jewish men. A little bit later, she said, but you know what? I also like Native American men. She said, they're so rugged and so, you know, they got the salt of the earth kind of people. He said, I just, I've always been attracted to Native American men and their strength and their character. And, and then she's, a little bit later, she said, but you know what? I also like Southern men. 
You know what I'm saying? The good old boy kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? I just like the old southern guy, you know, and, and just sits on the porch with his dog by his side and goes out and hunts. That's, I kind of I really feel an attraction to those kind of men. And so, anyway, she says to him, oh, I'm sorry, I never, I never told you my name. My name is Elizabeth. What's yours? And he said, well, my name is Running Bear Goldstein, but my friends, <laughs> my friends call me Bubba. <laughs> Good, right? Anybody ever been to that place where who you really want to be is whoever somebody else wants you to be and you really don't know who you are? I was at that place when I was, I was probably about 17 years old, best I can figure. I was a sophomore in high school. I was driving back in the day in, in, in Horry County. You could drive real early. But you know, I'm, I'm 16 years old. I, I drive and and I was going to a place above, a place in Myrtle Beach called the Idle Hour Arcade back in the day. There was a, a place above the Idle Hour Arcade, and it was called Castaways. And Castaways was a club where bands would come through and play, and it was kind of like it was back in the days of disco. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so it's like the, 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 this little club up there, I was not old enough to go to that club because they served alcohol, but thanks to a preacher's son that went to school with me, Seriously, I was able to get a fake ID to go into Castaways, all right? And so I went into Castaways, and y'all, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I look like Barry Gibbs, had my shirt unbuttoned down to my navel and had a gold chains, and I, you know, I'm like, ridiculous looking guy, you know? And, and I'm coming, ha, 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 stay like, but, but I, I was... Coming into the castaways where you walk down this long corridor of lights that went in. I'm not supposed to be there. I'm not old enough to be there, but I'm showing my fake ID. And then I was waiting in there along with this other crowd of little groping guys waiting on girls to show up. And this girl shows up, and she is so cute. And so immediately I just went straight to her and started talking to her, trying to be as cool as I knew how to be, which wasn't very cool, but, but somehow she was duped for a moment, and she said, oh, she followed me, and we went over and we sat down at a table. And the truth is, guys, that I had never drank in my life, never had any intention to, just because of, of some things in my life and the way it was with my family. But, but as I sat down with this girl, I looked at her and I thought, I cannot lose her attention. And I have got to show her that I'm a big man. You know what I'm saying? And so the first question I asked her was, you want me to buy you a beer? And she looked at me with the greatest sense of disappointment. And she looked at me and she said, I don't drink. And she just got up from the table and started moving off. And my first response was to say, I don't drink either. Right? Because all of a sudden it was like maybe who I... Maybe what I wanted to be was going to fit a little bit with who, but what I really wanted was to be whoever she wanted me to be in that moment. And here I am, standing there in castaways with a fake ID, being two different people within two minutes, trying to fit in and trying to belong. How many people here have a little idea of what I'm talking about that you think, who am I really and to answer that question, who am I really, you're going to learn from the book of Ephesians that was written to these people in Ephesus who didn't have a clue. Well, no, they had a clue, but they needed to be reminded, I should say, because they had understood. But, but Paul was sent by God to remind them of who they truly were 
And he reminds them, and you're going to read it over these next weeks. I want to encourage you to read the whole book of Ephesians this week. Read it once, twice, two or three times. Just read the book of Ephesians. And starting next week, we'll have assignments every week for what you're going to read for the coming week. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, You'll be hearing about chapter 1 next week. So I encourage you to start reading chapter 1 at least and be prepared. There are going to be memory verses and all kinds of things prepared for you. but, But here's what I want to tell you. In that book... In that letter written by Paul to these people in Ephesus, he tells them something ten times more exhilarating, more exciting, more empowering than what Jason Bourne learned about himself. These people, like you and I, are going to learn the reality that we were born to be his. And when I say born to be his, that means that you and I were born to actually belong to the God of the universe in a profound way. We were actually intended to be his heirs, intended to be empowered by him, intended to be in a personal, powerful relationship with the God of the universe. We were born to be his. And listen, our lives, we were born for the purpose of bringing glory and honor to him. And then they learned this, that we were born for a mission and born for a mission meaning that God prepared good works in advance for each of us to do and that you were born for a mission God has a purpose that's not just a purpose like a CIA level purpose which is very low compared to the purpose you have because you have an eternally significant purpose And God is saying to you, you were born for a mission. And then they go on to learn that as big as they might have thought that would be, that they were actually born for more, born for more than they ever thought possible. In fact, he says immeasurably more than all they could ask or imagine. You were born for immeasurably more than all you could have ever asked or imagined. That's how big and that's how significant your life is. And then they're going to learn the truth that they were born to be different. No wonder they don't fit in. No wonder they don't feel like that they walk in sync with the community around them because they were created to be different. And you need to understand that you were born to be different than the world around you. I was never born for castaways and neither were you. You were born to be different. And also they learned that not just born to be different, they were also born to belong. That they were born to belong to a group of people who would lay down their lives for them. They were born to belong to a group of people that would live in such synchronization with each other and such love for each other and such support for each other that they'd be like a body. That they would be like a temple built for God. That this beautiful, beautiful purpose that they had actually brought them together to belong with others they would learn that they were born for relationships and they would learn that those relationships all around them are the very reason they're on the planet and they would be empowered in those relationships and guided in those relationships and then ultimately they learned that they were born to win And you're going to love this about it as you learn the fact that you were born to win. That God, if you ever think, well, people sin every day and we're supposed to sin every day. That's not God's will for you. His will for you is that you win. That you actually become who it is that God created you to be. That you actually have victory over the temptations that you will face and the difficulties that are coming in your life. And so God wants you to know he's got purposes for you. He's got plans for you and they're beyond your imagination And you're going to win. Man, that rocks, right? And so, yeah, yeah, you can give God a hand for that. Now listen to this reality, though. Why did I, I mean, here I am, I'm 17 years old, and I'm so far away from any of that. 
Why was it that, I mean, I know I had read the book of Ephesians or at least heard it read because I'd been in church and I'd been through all that process. And the question is, why did I not get it? If that's what I was born for, why was I not living it? Why was I, if I was born for that, standing in castaways, pretending to be somebody I wasn't? Well, the reality about these people in the book of Ephesians is that they were not just born to belong to God and for a mission and for something more, and to be different, and to belong, and to win, but they were born again. I want you to understand that they had entered a new life. They had entered a new life. They weren't just born physically. They had been born into a new life spiritually. Jesus actually said it in John chapter 3, verse 3, that no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. And somebody who thought they was talking about physical birth said, how can that happen? And Jesus said, I'm not talking about physical birth. I'm talking about being born of his spirit. I'm talking about beginning a new life, a new life directed by God, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That is the life that you were created for. You need to be born into that life. You need to be born again. And so as we learn about these people in Ephesus through the book of Acts in chapters 18 and 19, I encourage you to go ahead and start reading those. But here's what you learn. The people at Ephesus were at a place where they had not originally been born again. They had come to realize that they were sinful and they needed to be forgiven. And some of them had had even repented of their sins. But they had never understood fully that God wanted to give them a brand new life. And so Paul had been there. It was sometime in the early 50s. Not not 1950, but 50. The early 50 of 50. So, So around 53, 54, something like that. Paul is there and he's seen these people. And when he sees them... It says that that he came back around through Ephesus already. Apollos had been there. Apollos was a guy who knew about Jesus and knew Jesus was sent for the forgiveness of sins. He was the Messiah. That He knew that, that people needed to repent of their sins. But he didn't really know that what God wanted to do was to come into the lives of people by his Holy Spirit and make them into new creations. That they would be born again and actually become new creations. He didn't know that. So Paul had been teaching, you need to repent of your sins. You need to trust Jesus for your forgiveness. But they did not fully understand everything about the truth that God intended them to actually be transformed and begin a new life. And because they didn't understand that, Priscilla and Aquila, who had traveled with Paul, were staying along with Apollos in Ephesus. And they started teaching Apollos a little bit better how it was supposed to be. But then Apollos went off to Corinth and Paul came back around and he came back through Ephesus. And it says when he did, he found some disciples and he asked them a question. There were, there were 12 of them that he was talking to. And he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And you know what their response was? You can read it in Acts chapter 19, the first seven verses. Their response was, well, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And he said, well, then what baptism did you receive? And they said, well, John's baptism. And he said, well, that was a baptism of repentance. And he said, John, who baptized people and told them to repent, to turn away from their sins, he said to them to believe in the one who would come after him, and that's in Jesus. 
on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul laid his hands on them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues. They began to prophesy. They began to start fulfilling their purpose right then in that moment. And God started moving powerfully in their lives. They realized that God wanted them to do more than just be sorry they had sinned. He wanted them to become new creations. And having become new creations, everything began to change. And so listen to this. It's so important. It's so important to understand that way back when those Ephesians people were there, when, when Apollo showed up, they were literally like dead people. In the Born Identity movie and book, it starts with a guy who's floating in the Mediterranean with two bullet holes in his back. You don't have to be floating in the Mediterranean with two bullet holes in your back to be as good as dead. And listen, that's what Paul said. I want you to read this on your own, but I'm quoting it exactly from the New International Version, 1984 version. But listen to what he says. It's in Acts chapter, I mean, in, in uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 2, the first seven, well, first nine verses. Listen to what he says. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. He says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature or our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might display the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Now, guys, do you understand what he's saying to those people? He's saying you were as good as dead. You might as well have been floating in the Mediterranean with two bullet holes in your back. You were as good as dead. But out of his grace and love and mercy for you, God took you out of the sin and out of the mess that was destining you for death and raised you up to life and gave you a new life. So even more so than Jason Bourne, these people had come to realize that God came to resuscitate them. Like those Italian fishermen pulling him out of the water and saving him, God said, I want to pull you out of that death and bring you up to life, and I want to give you a new life. And that's what Paul said had happened to those people. And so I've got a question for you. Is it possible that you are like I was? I'm going like... Why was it that I wasn't living a new life? All I knew to do was just keep coming back and saying, please forgive me. How many people, that's your, that's your spiritual life. I just keep coming back and saying, please forgive me. But you don't realize that a Holy Spirit was given to you that God said, what I want to do is I want to raise you up out of that death and raise you to new life. I want to give you a new life. And you, just like those people in Ephesus, may need today to come before God and kneel down before him. And I'm going to invite you to do it in just a minute. I'm going to ask you to kneel down before him and be able to say to God, God, not only do I repent of all the sin in my life, but I believe that you want me to live a new life. 
And I'm going to ask you to come into my heart by your Holy Spirit. I want you to come on me just like you did the people in Ephesus. And I want to rise to live a new life, to follow you and to obey you and to be yours. And so my problem when I was standing in castaways is I was a church boy. And some of the times I lived church boy. And some of the times I lived Barry Gibbs or whoever else it was that I thought I had to be. Does that make sense? Is that you? Have you begun a new life in Christ? Today, please hear this. Today is the day for you to begin a new life in Christ. If you're a person who, like those Ephesians, says, well, all we know is that we need to be forgiven and we've asked God for that, but we didn't even know that God wanted to come into our lives by His Holy Spirit. And today I want to begin that new life. But listen, you might be much more like the Ephesians themselves. Because I describe what had happened for the Ephesians is that they had come to know him. And over a period of about eight years, lots of them have come to know him by that time. But you know what had happened? Is even though they had come to know him, they had either stopped or never started living as though they knew him living as though they had this new life. So I want you to write down another passage. All these are in the app if you want to read them. But this is from from Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 21. Listen to what he says. He says, Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Verse 22, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Paul's saying, don't you remember? Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Surely you know that you're not supposed to go on in your old life. Surely you know that your life was meant for more than that. Surely you know that you were born to be His, that you were born with a mission, that you were born for more than your living. Surely you know that you were born to be different than the world around you. Surely you know that you were born to belong. Surely you know that you were born for relationships and that God would empower you to live those. Surely you know that you were born to win over the temptations and the assaults that are going to come against you. Surely you know that. And maybe somebody here is in that place where you say, you know what? I'm just like the Ephesians. I should know that. I should have known that. But I'm living as though I am not new at all. I'm living as though I had not been born again. And it's time for me to start living as a born again follower of Christ. And so guys, here's the the invitation to you. Some people here... I'm going to invite to this altar, and this altar call is a little different, so I just want you to know what I'm meaning. If you get up out of your seat and you come and kneel at this altar, what you're doing when you kneel down, you're saying one of two things. Either you're saying, you know what? God, it seems like all I knew was that I needed to say I'm sorry for my sin and ask for your forgiveness. That's really all I knew. But today I realize that that you want me to live a new life that you want me to be born again, that you want to come into my heart by your Holy Spirit and let me rise up to a new life created to be like you in true righteousness and holiness. And if I rise up to that new life, it doesn't mean I'm going to get it perfect. Babies don't run marathons. 
Babies do lots of, they need lots of help, right? But I'm rising up to live a new life in Christ. And so if that's you and you come and you kneel down and you're saying, God, I know that I have been essentially dead in my transgressions and sins and I want you to raise me up to a new life in you. But others of us are going to come to the same altar and others of us are going to come and kneel and here's what we're going to be saying to God is, God, a long time ago I knew that you had called me to a new life. And a long time ago you forgave my sins and a long time ago I asked your Holy Spirit into my life. And I was taught accordance with the truth that it's in Jesus. I was taught with regard to my former way of life to put off my old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of my mind and to put on the new self created to be like you in true righteousness and holiness. And you're coming to kneel before him and say, God, I'm ready to put off that old self. I'm ready to put off that old self and I'm asking for your Holy Spirit that you would please by the very Holy Spirit that I invited into my heart and life maybe months, maybe weeks, maybe years ago. I'm asking that by that Holy Spirit you would rise me up. You would raise me up to a new life created to be like you in true righteousness and holiness. I'm ready to live it. And you know what all of us are going to do? All of us are going to spend the next six weeks on a more exciting adventure than Jason Bourne could have ever imagined because we're going to be fully discovering who we are in Christ. You're going to rise up to know, listen, you're going to rise up to know that you have been born again. Born to belong to Him. Born to be a son or daughter of the living God, born to be an, an heir to eternity, born to be to his glory and grace, born for a mission that he created before you were born, born for more, immeasurably more than I ever asked or imagined. You were born for more. You were born again to be different than the world around you, yet to belong to the people of God and to belong in relationships where you were making an eternal difference, born to be victorious. You're going to rise knowing that you were born Again. Amen? Yeah. Leonard Ravenhill said something about an altar, and we give invitations here all the time. We love the way our altar is used. But he said, in his mind, an altar is a place to die on. He said, let those who are not willing to do that leave it alone. Today, I want us to look at it that way of saying... If I kneel at this altar, I'm saying to God, I'm ready to put off my old self. And I'm ready to rise to new life filled with this Holy Spirit. Being born again to live for Him. Now I want to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down and just anybody who happens to me, if they're one of you or ten of you or thirty of you, I'm going to go down and I'm just going to simply pray over you. And I'm going to just say two simple things. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and rise to live a new life in Christ. Does that sound fair? And we're just going to pray for God to fill you with His Holy Spirit and you rise knowing that He has filled you and that you have been born again and that you are going to be made like Him. We invite you to stand. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Christ United. If you'd like to respond to today's message or if you want to share how God is using this ministry in your life, please send us an email to media at christislove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at Christ United MB. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you.